You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders coming to our podcast. I didn't say the old more than works of our whole team is really excited right now. I used to say, I, I, we used to say more than workers for so long. And now we get to say people-centric leaders, which is really all what we are about. Welcome to our podcast episode today. Today's episode reminds me a little bit of a story. I used to be on a board. And if you're listening to this, I'll bet there's people listening who are going to know what board I'm talking about here. But it's a community board and we had these programs and we would have massive demand for this program, but we would only accept 32 people per year into this program. And one of the questions I asked early on when I was on this board was, why don't we accept more people? Because we got revenue for each person that we accepted. We were looking for ways to grow revenue. You get all these applications. We had great people that we were rejecting. Why can't we take more people? And I remembered in the discussion, we started talking about I'd said like, why can't we get more people? And somebody said, well, you can't get, the bus doesn't hold more than 32 people. We can't do that. So then I would start to say like, well, can we get a different bus? And they're like, you don't know, we have a budget Don. We can't get past the budget on the bus. Like the budget's an issue. And I said, can we get a second bus? Is that a thing? Well, that would be even more expensive. And then the parking's really bad. You know what, Don, we, we just, you're not involved in planning. You haven't been around here long enough. Like we can't really talk about this. And the discussion shut down for a little while. Like, and it probably went for several months before we revisited that. Long story short, we eventually did make the classes bigger. We did find bigger buses or more buses. There was their solutions to all those types of problems. But what we're talking about here is this concept of solutions-based thinking. And the idea is that sometimes when groups get together, you can think of it as like this, this stereotypical committee, right? That gets together and they bring up a topic and the topic just spins and the group starts to tell stories with each other, or they start to place blame. And you're talking about the problem for a long time, but you're never coming up with solutions to the problem. Like you just absolutely get lost, right? And then some of us have been on teams before where the team comes together, you start thinking about solutions, you start mapping out the process, everybody starts moving on how to move forward and how great those meetings feel. And so today we wanna to talk a little about the difference between solutions-based thinking and the opposite of that. And then also for those of you who are leaders of teams, managers of teams, we want to talk to you a little bit about how you can ex how you can encourage solutions-based thinking, but also sometimes how you discourage it accidentally with things that you're doing. And it's stuff that is a real eye-opener for our team. We've been talking about this concept a lot the last couple of weeks, and I think several of us recognize like maybe we do that sometimes on our own teams even as we talk. So we're going to be careful about all of that stuff. So Today we have a, our we have our full team here with us for a little while. I know Bethany's here. I'm just going to say hi, Bethany. I know you've got to run for a client meeting, so just here at the beginning. Just want to be Beth here to say hi. That's all. She just wanted to say hi. She's here. <laughs> Bethany's awesome, right? We get we get. And then we've got we've got Diana Royalty here joining us out from Tacoma. Do they do solutions based thinking out in Tacoma? I don't know. Yet? I don't know. Probably probably sometimes sometimes. Sometimes that was a weird question. I was like, I wasn't sure we were going to go with that. If, if I have no idea how to answer that. So I just fumbled through it, honestly. No, 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 no. We don't do it. We just tell other people how to do it. 
Oh, that's we a... don't. We don't do it. This is ridiculous. But we, <laughs> you should probably. <laughs> you should probably do that. That's pretty good. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, and then we also have Stephanie Anderson on our team here, who brought this topic to us on solutions-based thinking. Stephanie, are you excited about solutions-based thinking conversations here? I'm so excited. We're yeah. going to talk about solutions today too. Or we're, going we're going to talk about solutions and ideating and all that fun stuff. And based things. Yeah. That's, I just want to get more, all three more words like corporate words I can use. So <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to play that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. And then our host today is the Matt Griswold. He likes when I say V, he gets really excited about that. Matt, who, by the way, earlier today, we were talking to somebody and I said, they said, you know, it'd be hard if somebody called in an alternative speaker or something like that. And Matt kind of gave me a little dig. He said, I've never had that happen to me where I went to a conference and they asked somebody <laughs> else to come speak at something. So, but Matt, that's just because you're awesome. You're yeah, fantastic. No, Matt. what I think what was said, we don't was want like anybody it, else. It, it's like if the conference hires somebody else to come speak on the same topic that they also asked you to come speak on, it's like, we're going to reinforce, we're going to hedge our bets. We're going to have Don come speak about this, but just in case, we're also going to have somebody else come speak about this just to make sure we've covered that. And I just said, that must feel awful. I'm not sure how that, I'm not sure how that, that how actually that... sounds like they were being pretty solutions based. They were right. like, if they it were... falls through, <laughs> we have yeah. a backup. I don't know. Yeah. Matt thinks I sit in the front row to be supportive for him, but maybe now he realizes there's another reason I sit in the front row, just ready to take over if I have to. <laughs> Fortunately, it hasn't happened yet. We have, you know, it seems like that should be a great podcast too. I don't know, maybe, you know, Diana and I got to do one recently just on our own. Maybe Don and I can get get together and just do one on our own and talk about those those moments, you know, your Huckabee and, and uh, my D and, you know, all the, all those things, right. We can just go down, go, go through those uh, different moments there of, uh, of bombing speaking, on so. stage. and Got to be able to laugh at each other uh, as cringe well, worthy moments, cringe worthy moments. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have one. I have one. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm glad you picked up on that team. So today, you know, Don, you just asked Stephanie how, how excited she was about solution-based thinking. You didn't ask how excited I was. Uh, this has to be super exciting, right? One of those very, very exciting things, uh, exciting things to talk about. And maybe this is tongue in cheek, but I do think it's very real. And maybe, maybe people are living in this, but you haven't identified it or labeled it like that. But I bet it's a very, very real relevant topic as well. You know, Stephanie talked about those other businessy, corporate buzzwords that I can think of to be able to throw out there. This is probably a great example of something that you're going to, as the conversation unfolds, identify with. Maybe, maybe you might even identify that, ooh, Dang, I'm on the other side of that. I'm on the other side of that sometimes. Maybe I am the one preventing some of that. So I like where the conversation's uh, about to go. But what is the opposite? Don, you alluded to this. We're, we're going to talk about solutions-based thinking. And then you said we're also going to talk about maybe the opposite of that. What is the opposite of that? Because we can't just say like whiny. Nobody would say that, right? We don't want to say that. What is the opposite of solutions-based thinking? Who would like to start? I'll jump in. Yeah, I think sometimes people have a hard time defining solutions-based thinking. So I love where you're taking us, Matt, of like, let's just talk about the opposite because everyone can experience this and has experienced it. Oh, I think the opposite of solutions-based thinking is problem-focused thinking, or they sometimes will call it like past-focused thinking of, you know, yes, there's important stuff we can glean from past knowledge, but are we just living there? You know, are we just not willing to see a path forward? Um, or are we just focusing on like the 
why does this problem exist? And let's just dig a little deeper to figure out if we can figure out the the why, or why is this happening to us? Or why is this happening to me as an organization? You know, how, how does this keep happening? You know, like questions like that, that I think get brought up so much in meetings when the team is brought together to find a solution. Like there is a problem, right? But how much of our time are we spending talking just about the problem and defining the problem and maybe where the problem came from? Um, but we need to figure out where did the problem, like how do we make the problem go, you know, and how do we move forward from that? And I'll add that I think the people who are, we'll call them problem focused people, I don't think that's a negative. I think that those types of people come from good intent. It's a, they want people to have the information. They want them to be able to recognize risks. They want to ensure that the, the solution to the problem is well thought out and sees all the angles and all the parts. I'm defending problem focused people because I am one. No, I mean, I agree with you. And we kind of talked about this as we were preparing for this topic of like, we don't want to just like rag on people who have the gift of context, right? Of like, you can see the past patterns and what have led us here. And you have maybe that knowledge base that maybe the rest of us don't have. Like, you know, things that would be useful to share with the group, but it's then, okay, is this the moment to share that And if the team is moving forward, does that accelerate that forward movement or does that kind of just like stop us here or even suck us back? Yeah, that those those problem. uh, I don't know how you how did you say that, Diana, since you're one of them? What are are you problem focused? I I prefer it's I prefer calling it like context or risk mitigation. Those are the words that I usually assign to it. But I do think it is the delivery is key there. Yeah. Well, team, I think we got here a lot sooner than what uh, this was actually an intervention. We were trying to ask the right questions to get Diana to say she was, in fact, problem focused. We thought it was going to take an hour. That's like 10 minutes. We're we're five or 10 minutes in. Good job. Nice work. Listen, let me let me also just point out, I believe that Don Harkey is also problem focused. Oh, snap. You're demonstrating, you're actually demonstrating problem-focused thinking right now in this podcast. <laughs> you're doing it right now, Diana. Well, you know, so I'm not I, sorry. And so am there's I the by other pointing side of this. out. Yeah. There's the other side of this too, right? We need, we need. I, I do think there's value in problem-focused people as well, because if we are all just solutions-based, like, no, we're going to do this, 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 and I need somebody in the room to be able to go... I don't know if we should do that. Now, how far we ride that, Stephanie, I think is probably probably the idea. It's not to say we can't bring up uh, an opposing viewpoint. It's not to say I can't add additional uh, context. It's it's not to say that I can't, you know what, we did that five years ago. I'm not 100% sure that's going to work because we have tried to fix it like that before. I need to hear that, right? If I am attempting to focus on a solution or drive towards a solution, I need to to maybe understand what that context was as we we go forward. What we're kind of saying too is, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we do with organizations is we help launch core teams, core teams. A core team is a group of individuals within the organization from frontline to middle managers, maybe even some upper management on the core team. And that group is designed to be able to get fed some objectives and then raise their hands to to think out maybe different steps or projects they could work on, which then in turn would help the overall company organization hit the things that they're all trying to hit. And what we encourage those participants on the core team is I don't want to just be a raiser of concerns. 
right? Sometimes problem focused is, is I'm just a, a, a raiser of concerns. It almost reminds me, and maybe I'm dating myself, but maybe, you know, whenever SNL used to be funny like that, and remember that skit, it was like Debbie Downer, they, everybody else would be having a great time. And then Debbie Downer would be like, hmm, this is why that won't work. Uh, and then music would go like, womp, womp. And it was just kind of, it was just kind of funny. That's kind of, that, that's one of the things that made me think about it. I don't want somebody to be on the core team of an organization and just using their head all the time going, you know what, it won't work because of this, or you know what, we should do this, or we should do this, we should do this. But then the moment you start to try to flip that as far as the facilitator is concerned, okay, great. We've laid some of these grievances on the table. How do we flip that into solutions based now? How do we flip that into maybe some action items? And then all of the hands go down right? Nobody wants to participate to be a part of the, of the potential solution. That's one of the things that we reminded me of as well, too. Did I, did I date myself uh, with that? Do you guys know? I remember Debbie Downer. Yeah. So thank you. Barely remember that. I feel like I should know that if, yeah. if Stephanie knows it, I should know it. I don't yeah. know that everybody, one. <laughs> everybody pause the podcast and go to YouTube and look at Debbie Downer, right? But then come back, but, but then come back. But I it. think that's such a good example, Matt, because I think like the feeling that happens in the room is that then it's just like this, like, uh, like it's like kind of all the energy goes away. Like if we were working toward a solution and then somebody just points out, well, that won't work because of this, or you don't really understand why this is such a big problem. Or then they tell a lengthy story about the past history of, of what we did before. It does kind of just zap all the energy out of the room. And I think all of us have seen this before where then, yeah, it takes a while for a team to bounce back from that. You really do have to almost have somebody in the room who's willing to go, you know, thanks for sharing that, but we're going to really heavy redirect. Like it's hard to come back from those moments. Right. And I think that's why if we can help encourage, you know, the solutions-based thinking by everyone on our team. And, you know, Don was talking earlier, like how do we as managers sometimes discourage solutions-based thinking is sometimes because we know a lot. And maybe we've come to the table with skills or knowledge of the business. Maybe we're the owner and founder of the business. And so it's hard for us to get out of that context of, of what we know and allow good new ideas to flow out from our teams. Especially if you've been, you know, like you said, if you've been in the business for a long time, you do know a lot of stuff, just like you said, Stephanie. So then the team, here's like one way that that can happen, right? So the team starts to talk and they're saying, here, we've been talking about this challenge that we have and we wanted to present the solution. And the team will be one minute into dis discussing like the solution of this. And you're sitting there as the boss, you're like, wait, wait, let me just give you some context. And then you tell 10 stories about things that led up to the problem and all of the past efforts that were put into place to try to solve the problem. And like, I'm not anti-context. Context is a strength of mine. And I think context is a powerful tool in terms of solving problems because it tries to give you the idea what the story is moving forward, not just moving backwards, right? It gives you context of where you're standing. The problem is, is those stories don't help you with the solution. They just tell you how you got there. And it sounds, if you're the boss and you're telling that, you're like, I just want to give you context. I want you to understand that we've done some good things leading up to this point and that this is a problem, but it's not a huge problem. It's not an uncommon problem. And I want everybody to feel good about it. And none of that is about the solution at the end of the day. And it tends to shut it down. If you're the employee and you're watching that, all you're hearing is like, oh, you're being defensive about this. Oh, you don't want to talk about it. And it takes the air out of the room. 
Yeah. And I think you bring up a good, a good point there. And that's kind of the point that I was going to move towards next. And Don, you already, you already kind of went there recognizing, I think it's okay to be able to bring that stuff up. I think it's okay to be able to tell that story, but then how do I get unstuck as a manager? If that's my team telling that story, um, how do I help them go? Yes, I hear you. Uh, so how do we handle that then? Like, what should we, what should we do about that? Or is, or are we at the point, did we reach the point where we throw our hands in the air and we just, oh, just go back to work then? You know, sometimes, sometimes it might be like that. If, if it's the manager and they, they can't get out of their own way, just recognize the environment you're probably creating. You're probably creating a group of people or a team of people that are just constantly going to raise their hand, uh, maybe feel defeated initially, but they're going to be raising their hand and, and point out all the, all the different areas where this might not work or become naysayers. You might be breeding a team of naysayers as well, which is, I don't think is what we, I don't think it's what we want to do. You know, we, we use this in strategic planning. I'll let anybody add to this, but you know, we used to do the SWAT. We went from the SWAT to the SOAR changing that W from a weakness to an O for opportunities, right? And maybe who'd like to kind of take it from there, but maybe explain why we feel like maybe changing that W to an O, a weakness to an opportunity. Maybe how does that fall in line with solutions-based thinking and why is that more impactful? I love that you drew that together, right? Because when you talk about the weaknesses, you're talking about all the things that are bad. And we noticed when we did that, then the, the companies that we talked to would get defensive a little bit with each other. Or they would go the other direction if it was a different type of culture and they would start to blame. Well, that was because we had this person or that person did that, or you didn't do your job, worst case scenario. Now you're not thinking about moving forward. You're stuck on that. So we, we shift the conversation from the strengths to the opportunities and then to aspirations and results because that allows you to start to think a little bit about what does that, so yes, that's a weakness. Yes, we're not good at that. So then what do we do about it? It's not about like what that the weakness exists. It's like, what do we do about it? Yeah, and a weakness is going to stay a weakness until we start putting it into the context of an opportunity. Like, what is, what 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 fruit is there? You know, we we mentioned if you want another corporate um, expression there, Stephanie, we use the low hanging fruit connection there too. We take that weakness and then we're able to say, okay, so we recognize we don't do some things well. Is there an opportunity to grab some low hanging fruit to be able to change that into an awesome opportunity or a solution that we want to start driving towards as well? So. You know, we talked about maybe some of the ways that managers can discourage that. What are some of the ways that managers on a team, let's start with managers, then we could talk about employees. How do we encourage this type of uh, culture? How do we breed that? I can just imagine there's people listening to the podcast going, man, that, that sounds awesome. I would love that. But I'm surrounded by people that don't do that. Or I'm a manager of a team and I'm surrounded by these people. Nobody wants to do that. It seems like I'm the only person trying to drive towards positive results. So how do you, maybe you're stuck there. How do you start to breed that culture on a team from a manager's perspective? And then we'll go to the employee's perspective. I think a lot of it starts with that facilitating the conversation and like asking good questions to your team. Don't just ask like, well, why did that happen? Of like, okay, well, like think of a, a way it could be more solution focused question of, well, what could, what did we learn from that? Like, what could we do better? next time and helping them just start directing their thoughts that way versus staying right where we are. I love that. I'd also, I'd also say like, watch your expression a little bit, like watch your, watch your language, what your face says when people are talking, sometimes bosses, especially when you're getting into a problem discussion, sometimes get a really weird look on their face and you don't want to be the Debbie Downer kind of thing and have like this kind of an expression, right? That's not what you want to have. This is Debbie Downer. I just wanted to share that really quick. I feel attacked. Okay. I feel attacked in this. I quit. Feel attacked. Wow. Diana, this is not not Rachel Dredge. That's Diana royalty. Yeah. (laughs) I feel attacked. 
I'm doing the face. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. She's doing the face right now. Hey, you just want to be careful. You want to show like you're open to ideas and problems and things moving forward. I think that's another piece that's important that you're not you're not sitting there kind of shooting down the idea around you by reacting in a way that you're like, well, I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. I think, I think just really watch the body language a lot. Like you should be sit there, be, you know, we talk about being curious, like be curious about the solution. That's an interesting idea and make it go down the path. And even if you have seen a team go down that path before, don't like say, ask questions that talk about maybe how they could overcome the barrier that the last team ran into versus saying, oh, we tried that approach before. Yeah. And I think something that Matt talks about a lot is that adult learning theory. And when you're a manager, you're trying to get your team to learn differently and adults learn differently. So Matt, could you talk a little bit about how that plays into this? Cause I think it really does. It does. It did for me when you started talking about adult learning theory, that's when I was like, Oh my gosh, that's how I need to teach people things that are in my head. I can't just like throw it out there. I don't think adult learning theory is talked about enough, maybe in the businessy, corporate-y world, especially as people are doing, this is an aside, especially as you're building things like orientations and onboardings and trainings for your people. It's important to be able to understand how they want to learn and how they're digesting the learning. In fact, I just wrote this. I don't know. This is a behind-the-scenes sneak peek of my notes. If anybody wants to know what I go through on a podcast, this is just a bird, you know, scratches there. Diana's looking at it like it's not English. It is English, Diana. You can read that. Don't act like you can't. But this one right here, I just wrote that and that says solutions based embraces wrong answers and failed projects and this is a tough one right this is a tough one it goes right with the adult learning theory as well because if i'm a solutions based manager it's very very hard for me not to correct a behavior not to jump in and be like no no no, no. you're going you're going sideways no no no, no. stop 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 just listening i've done this before it's, it's very very hard not to correct that i would encourage you if you are trying to drive this as a culture on your team get to the point where you can embrace solutions based learning you can embrace the projects that they are on there and they are running and embrace them if they're going the wrong way, if they're going the wrong direction, embrace embrace that. Maybe even if it doesn't come back with the right answer that you thought was going to come from that, uh, man, there was a lot of learning that led to that point. So being able to embrace wrong answers is key, I think, for adult learning, especially. Like they still learned something. Did they complete it with the gold stamp of approval that you thought they were going to complete it with? No, but man, they learned a lot in the process and you allowed that to happen. So the next time somebody might have an idea for an improvement or somebody might have a problem that they're trying to solve. Now, what you have also done is created this idea of psychological safety where they don't mind to raise their hand and jump in. Yeah, let's let's try it. I don't know. Let, let's try to drive towards that. Uh, I think that's a simple thing and that you know, adult learning theory, one of the adult learning theory principles is, is that people appreciate autonomy within their work. And that doesn't just mean not a micromanager, but they want they want the opportunity to be able to say, okay, so I have three these three different things that are out there that I need to learn. Which one do I want to learn, th- learn first? Or I understand this is a thing on my job description. Do I have some bandwidth or autonomy with how I go about completing that, right? I'll get to the end, but I also want a little autonomy with how I do that. And sometimes managers can do a good job of breeding or fostering that in their people by just sometimes embracing wrong answers and maybe even failed projects if it's not detrimental to the organization. 
I think a lot of managers get lost and especially executives get lost in trying to solve the problems that are in front of them and trying to come up with solutions rather than focusing on how the problem solving process actually works. And you would actually do better as a manager executive to focus a little more attention on how problems are solved, not just on whether they're solved or not. So in other words, that means sometimes not answering the questions yourself, but focusing to make sure the right people are solving the problems. Every problem where you may know an answer or have an idea of where to go is an opportunity to watch your team and how they work together to try to solve something. It's an opportunity to make give them a win and ask really smart questions to help them to get to that solution if you need to, or just get out of their way. And sometimes, you know, the best advice is just shut up in some moments. You don't have to be the next person that speaks. You can let your team run through a problem. The best meetings that sometimes we have are ones where we sit back and somebody brings up a challenge and I'll just sit back and just watch the conversation happen. And at the end of it, it's like, they got it. It's like, everybody's good. That's fantastic. And that's actually a pretty good feeling when you watch your team do that because you know that they're, they've got it. They're on top of that. But sometimes we as bosses and people who know a lot of things or think we know a lot of things like to speak up and share all the things that we know, just watch for that. Yeah. I'm not arguing it would be easier if everybody would just do what it is that I ask them to do all the time, but that's not the world we live in, right? I'm trying to create a certain culture or mindset or a skill set or a strength based on my team. And it, it's kind of a strategic project as a manager of being able to breed that on your team. Let's talk about the employees level. The employee's perspective might be like, I'm surrounded by people all the time, or I'm surrounded by a boss that's just stuck in their ways. And they always say, no, this is the way we have to do it. I wonder, I'm going to throw this out first, and then you all can add to this too. But I wonder if it's not a best practice for as an employee, I wonder if I can make an impact by going, you know what, I am going to look for some proactively opportunities here to be able to maybe offer some area of improvement, but I'm not just going to leave that on the doorstep of my manager, right? I'm not just going to leave that on as the list of demands that I have to make this place better around here, right? I want I want to be able to think of a couple of those things, but then maybe even some tangible steps, maybe one or two steps. Like, here's my overall thought. This is why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. Here's even a first couple of steps that I think maybe we could potentially take to help us achieve that. And I, I think you might be surprised by the, the by how that is received. Uh, here's, the, here's the newsflash for a lot of employees. Management and leadership does not have the bandwidth, time, or probably interest in fixing all of the different things that frontline employees want them to fix around this place. They have their hands in other, other things uh, involved in other areas. The last thing they want is a list of demands or problems dropped on their doorsteps. The thing that they do want is the employee that will say, you know what, and I'm also eager and willing to help you accomplish some of these things. And I've even thought about a couple of different steps that we could do to, to get us launched on the right path. I think if we're starting the conversation from the employee's level, that might be a good uh, a good one to throw out there. Anyone else have one? Yeah, I mean, I'll say too, like if you're someone and your your manager, your boss, owner, leader above you is one of those high context person, they're probably also a very high logic person. So don't just throw an idea their way and then not provide them with the context or logic for why it is a good idea. Like I think you'll get a lot more buy-in from that leader if you can say, hey, I have this phenomenal idea and kind of here's why I think it will work. What do you think? Like engage them in that logic process with you um, versus just like throwing something out there and like hoping, hoping it sticks and hoping they see where you came from because they might go down a different context path. But I, what I have found a lot of times, and I will say I'm married to one of these people <laughs> who's super high context, super high logic. If he can see the trail that I went down to get there, he is much more likely to come on board with where I want to go. 
Yeah, that's some of that basic communication style stuff that we do with uh, with folks. We refer to those people internally as outliners, right? Those people that need a lot of uh, that need a lot of context. In fact, it's sometimes it's it's interesting if I'm communicating with an outliner, offer offer some details, and by some we mean every single one of them. I need all of the information before I can go go further. I think we read those people sometimes too. Those people, those people. Uh, I think we read sometimes those folk there, the outliners, as as not wanting to go along with all the things. And and the reality is maybe they do. It just doesn't connect as far as why I should. So I like that providing more context, especially if I know that's who I'm dealing with, to be able to help create buy-in to get them on board with your solutions-based thinking idea. Diana. If you guys wanted to have this conversation, we could have done it without a podcast. I just, I'm an outliner. <laughs> I just, I don't know what's happening right now. Yes, you do. <laughs> it, it, I'll put it in, I'll put it into an email and I don't even like to write emails. So I'll put it into an email and tell you exactly what happened. Uh, Diana, <laughs> I think you do do great solutions-based thinking though. Like you ask great questions to keep us keep us moving forward and think about things. Like I appreciate your, your different perspective often. You can tell you're new. It's taken a long, it has taken a long time (laughs) to even get where I am learning. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I, I, I kid, I kid kind of Don and I have both probably had good examples of things that we've brought up to Diana, which are brilliant, by the way, we're your solutions out of the box thinking. And she just, you know, reels us in, reins us in, however you want to say that, rains on our parade, wet blanket, fun sucker. I don't know, anything else we could put put yeah, on this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Makes you think through your random freaking ideas. It's fine. Uh, blah, it's blah, fine. blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. We, we did have know. a heck of an idea and I don't even want to reveal it because it's such a good oh, idea. It really is a good idea. It is a good idea. And Matt and I were on the road and called Diana one time and not to, since we're picking on Diana and we were like, <laughs> Diana, this is really good. And Diana immediately is like, oh, geez, here we go. What is this? How's that going to work? Who's going to run with that? How are we going to start with this? What's it going to be the question? And we're just, and How much does Matt, it cost? You guys hated me for that. You hated me. I think you were like, no, this is brilliant. And I was like, it is, but it's not a full idea. We just sat in silence for the next 10 minutes on the road. Just both of us frustrated <laughs> equally at you and the lack of energy you had around our thing. You ruined our dinner that night. <laughs> I ruined dinner. I'm sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I no, still am yeah. going with it. It's a great idea, but yeah. bring an idea that's fully fleshed out. Yeah. So again, I, I mean, with solutions-based thinking, I think, you know, the, the goal is that we are trying to move in the same direction, but you know, we kid with Diana and she's, she really is a, a barrel of monkeys. A lot of, a lot of fun, this one. Um, but, but we do need that perspective too, right? We need that. We need that perspective, that person that's going, that's going from the other side of, of <laughs> which everybody could see my whole team right now. Barrel of monkeys. I just said, did it you for... just call me a barrel of monkeys? Yeah, like no uh, one in the history not because of the shape, of not the barrel. Describing uh, the Diana has ever said like, she's a blast. A barrel yeah. of monkeys. They don't, like, that's they, just don't know. Not... they don't know you like I do. Um, oh my God. But, but you know, I, I, again, we need that other perspective, right? Again, we, we can't, we, we do have to have that moment of grounded, you know, here's the, here's the thing too. And maybe the last thing that I would say to this, and we can move to wrap up uh, as well, unless you have other points that you wanted to point out, but if I'm an employee and you're going to listen to this and you're going to take charge now, you're going to put your solutions-based thinking hat on, I'm going to change the world. Recognize the answer might still be no. 
I don't want to use this as your, whoa, people centric said, I should just constantly keep driving until it's done. I'm thinking of the solution. That's not, that's not where we're going with this. It's really the mentality of the conversation that you're having, right? It's really, is there a solution to be had? Is there an overcoming the obstacle that's in front of us? Is there an opportunity for us to be able to move forward with this? But you still, at the end of the day, have to say, okay, there is an opportunity to move forward with this. Is it worth it? Do I want to? Are we better? Like, we still have to have that moment um, as well, too. So I would say practice grace as you're also solutions-based thinking, because sometimes we can get our on our own little uh, soapboxes or whatever and start driving home the different things that we want to drive or, or you know, that we're passionate about. In reality, it might not be the best thing might not be the best thing either. So any other closing thoughts or words here that you all would have around this idea of solutions-based thinking? I don't know. Yes, I have a little bit. I think that different people are better in different parts of this process. So I see solutions-based thinking as like, there are phases to this, right? There's sort of the you should have context. This is the problem. This is what we're going through. Then there's like the brainstorming phase. You you guys throw out all the ideas. And then there's the like starting of the, the building of the process. The let's pick a few of these good ideas and run with it. And I think, I think the people who are problem focused really struggle in that brainstorming meeting because every idea you throw out, I'm totally like, this is a hole, this is a hole, this is broken, you can't do this, it doesn't work that way, don't do that. So I've learned to kind of take a step back in those moments and just like wait it out. Wait it out until the bigger ideas are coming to fruition and and my team is ready to hear where where are we going with this and how do we do it. And so I think if you can recognize which places you're better at and take a step back in those other moments, you're going to do so much better. Like just know it for yourself. And, and in those moments, take a step back or take a step forward based on your strength. Awesome. Thank you, Diana, Stephanie, Don, what do you have? Yeah, Diana, I love what you just said of like, we each have our own strengths and roles to play in this. I think the thing that came up for me too, of a lot of what we talked about was like speaking up in meetings and that's not comfortable for everyone either. Right. So it's not solutions-based thinking. Isn't just like saying a good idea out loud. It, It is that we're talking about a mindset shift of thinking okay, what are the opportunities? Can I be a little optimistic here and think about what a future could look like? Um, so yeah, I, I just love what you said, Diana, too, of like, we all are going to process this. We're going to express it a little differently. Um, and I think that's okay, but it's really all of us adopting this mindset that we're all on the same team here. We're all striving to find great solutions for what we're doing. And then this is where we can each just kind of like introspect and then figure out how we're going to express that, that out of, you know, for me, I'm kind of probably on the opposite end of the spectrum of like, if I have any good idea, I'm probably just going to say it out loud. Cause I'm a complete external processor. Sometimes like that, even that might be outwardly perceived as solutions-based thinking, but I'm not maybe contributing to the solution because I keep throwing too much other stuff out there. I'm not helping the team focus on where we should be going. So I think it's also kind of one of those like know thyself moments. That's great. We've had two interventions today. This is going so well now. <laughs> ah, dang it. I walked right into that. Didn't I, I? walked right, right into, into it. it. <laughs> facilitated the heck out of that. Did you see that? Walked right into it. Don? Well, first of all, I nail this on a regular basis. So (laughs) I am just glad to be able, the rest of you can pick this up. 
and learn from it because that's really what my goal is, is just to share the wisdom that I have. For example, I'm just kidding. That would be very anti-solutions-based thinking. Uh, <laughs> I like the language that's a part of this a lot. You know, I think that understanding the language as a team, if you can talk about it, you know, I think with just having that language to say, we let's be solutions-based. Are we being solutions-based right now? That That's not very blame, like, hey, you're shutting down this conversation. It's very much like, let's, this is the way that we can go after this problem. Uh, I really would encourage you to, to make it very visual as you go after the problem solution space, like use a whiteboard, put something up on a screen, you know, draw out, this is what the problem is. And here's how we can go through it. Where can we move forward with stuff like that? That's really good examples of solutions-based thinking. If you can do that, why are we talking about this on a podcast that's about culture? It's because if you can be solutions-based thinking, you can, you're, what you're basically doing is creating an environment where your people are empowered and aligned on the most basic ways to get around the most basic problems that you have. And we see a lot of teams that have trouble with that, just on the most, even just in the room at a moment to notice. And it's really easy to get off base. And we've talked about how we're not perfect on it, but I think that we just wanted to give you this language to be able to take back with you. Yeah, again, we started the podcast by talking about this is probably a very relevant uh, topic because you, you, it, it's not a secret or a surprise. You just maybe referred to it differently or maybe you never referred to it. You just felt it. I guarantee you can feel it. The difference between the solution space versus the problem people like Beth and, uh, like Diana said. Uh, I don't want to label her anymore with that. We've had a lot of fun. And hey, speaking of this, as we are moving to wrap up, we're now on YouTube with these podcasts here too. So I was sharing my notes dawned on me earlier as I was sharing my notes and, and you guys were looking at me funny. The people who are just listening to this on podcast have no idea what that looks like. Go to YouTube, check us out. People-centric uh, YouTube page there and you'll see our, our uh, podcasts now as we are starting to upload those, those there. So just another place for you to be able to interact with us, right? And I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> Don, Don wears headphones. <laughs> basically go to youtube if you want to see our reactions to things like that mm -hmm. so that's right yeah it just makes us a little bit more real a little bit more real i'm not going to cover the things that we have in our outro because i was coached on that but listen to it and you'll talk about uh different things uh to be able to hear how to get a hold of us and if you have other topics and you want to engage with us like we're open to all of that on the different social media platforms and such we always love to be able to interact with you and hear from you so guys good job great topic nice conversation good verbals and nonverbals. anything else to add before we let them go great job i like how you couldn't find an ending so you tried all of them that was <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> peace out homies oh my god yeah. thanks for out. thanks for playing share the podcast love you bye Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.